Father, thank you for Jesus, our rock, our cornerstone, our strength in the midst of weakness, our hope in the midst of failure, our peace in the face of anxiety. Father, thank you that you are here today by your Spirit, releasing grace and depositing truth, leaking something from heaven into every life that brings transformation that brings healing, that brings strength, that brings answers, simple solutions to complex problems. Lord, we thank you for your wonderful presence in this place. Touch every life and let us leave this place changed and more like Jesus when we leave. That's our prayer to the glory of God. Amen and amen. Well, good morning and welcome to North Point. Great to see you on behalf of the whole team. I'm John, Interim Executive Pastor. Wonderful to have you worshiping with us this wonderful, glorious, snowy, again snowy, Michigan snowy Sunday. Well, hey, why don't you smile big at your neighbor and say, you know, you sing like an angel, but I'm better looking than you are. So can you just make that person next to you feel good? Y'all like that one. You do sing like an angel. This was beautiful. Great time of worship. Well, uh, welcome books are going by. Thanks for letting us know that you're here. If you're a first-time visitor, second or third time, we are thrilled that you are here. And we want to know that you're here. And we're not going to do weird stuff and make you feel funny and put ribbons all over you so people know you're a visitor. But just let us know in the book so we can send you a personalized note, handwritten card. And we would appreciate that. If it's your first time, come back three times just to get a real sense of what North Point is really like. And I think you'll find it a very warm, friendly, down-to-earth group of people that are passionately following after Christ. And we'd love to have you as, as part of the family. Well, uh, I got up early this morning with my wife, and as we usually do, we do two things. We do co- Well, we do three things. We do coffee, Bible, and fireplace. And uh, I got up early this morning, and I sat in front of my fireplace, and I said, Give me heat. And my fireplace talked back to me and said, Give me wood. And you know, as the buckets go by, that's really... A, a, a kingdom principle. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Give and it shall be what? Given. So you, you, can't, you can't talk to the fireplace say, Give me heat without giving the fireplace, without investing something. You've got to give it some wood. And, and when you give, you're going to get. And Now we can, we can prostitute that principle and we don't twist God's arm, but a kingdom law that was established at creation and which continues throughout Scripture is the principle and the power of a seed. And so as you give this morning, please be mindful that you're not just giving, but you're planting seed. Because the seed that leaves your hand doesn't leave your life. It goes into your future and it multiplies. And those are the words of Jesus. Given it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. So thank you for being generous toward God and faithful in your giving. We appreciate it so much. Well now... uh, normally the, the preacher doesn't take his clothes off in church, okay? But bear with me. I have a shirt on underneath, and I want to highlight uh, some special shirts and a special circumstance that uh, we find ourselves as a church family with. And uh, many of you know the Patricks, and they're a wonderful North Point family. And many of you know that Caden is uh, in a continuing uh, winning battle against cancer. He contracted cancer in 2011, went through some tests, was declared clean, uh, some of that came back in a different spot in his body. And so he went, he was going for about six months to Texas 
for treatments back in 2013 from May through about September. And they are continuing some treatments that actually are showing some positive results. He's getting those at U of M, but he still has to travel back periodically to Texas. And so the family invested some money in t-shirts, and the plan was to sell them in the local school that Caden attends. But because Caden wanted his favorite scripture on the shirt, which is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, the school system said we can't sell them because they have scriptures on them. Now, I don't say that to put the school district in a bad light. The school district has been very supportive of the family. But the reality is there was an investment that was intended to recoup some expense to help them with travel that now they have a bunch of shirts and no opportunity. And so we thought, what a great way to come alongside this wonderful family and be a blessing to them. So no pressure, you don't have to, but if you want to, you can buy a t-shirt after the service. They're available in the foyer. They're 10 bucks each. And so if you want to do that, you can buy one, you can buy two, you can buy 10, you can buy 20. There's about 250 of them less, however many we sold. But you can participate in that way, and that'll help defray some of the expenses, and you can be a blessing and a support to the family. And uh, what they want, they don't want your sympathy. Uh, they do want your prayers and your faith and believing and standing with them that God's highest and best is going to be realized and that Caden is going to uh, live and, and whip cancer to the glory of God. So can you say amen to that? Thank you. And uh, just want to encourage you, if you want to be a blessing in that practical way, we thought, you know, many in the church want to know how they can help. That's a practical way that you can help if you want to. No pressure at all. Well, we are wrapping up today a six-week series on uncluttering your life. And this has been a, a great series, certainly appropriate to the new year. And it's all about bringing clarity and focus and purpose to our lives. And we've covered a lot of grind. A lot of grind. We've covered a lot of ground and we've talked about uncluttering our lives. We've talked about uncluttering our relationships, uncluttering our family. Last week we talked about uncluttering our finances. And uh, we said this, that basically we are our hand, our heart follows our hand. So open hand is an open heart. When we're open-handed toward the kingdom, we have an open heart toward the kingdom. Jesus said wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. So our heart follows our hand and we're encouraged to have our hand our treasure in the kingdom because God wants our heart in the kingdom because he cares about us and loves us and last week we talked about three ways to unclutter our lives financially I just want to review them quickly we need to settle slay and shift number one we need to settle the worship issue Jesus said you can you can't serve two masters you can serve God or you can serve money, but you can't serve both. We said money makes a great servant, but it makes a terrible master. So we need to settle that worship issue. Who is going to be Lord of our lives? Who are we going to trust? And uh, so we need to settle that issue. We need to slay the idol of money and the idol of greed and covetousness in our life. And the way that we put a, throat, a knife to the throat of that idol in our life, because we all have the tendency to have hope migration, is we give. We give away. We help someone in need. We plant a seed. We give to the church. We, we, we release something from our hand and it slays that idol of greed and covetousness in our life. And the third thing that we do to unclutter our lives financially is we need a shift in our thinking. We shift from ownership to stewardship. A steward says, I don't own it, I manage it. Everything I have is from God. It's not mine, it's His. He's given it to me to manage. Secondly, we shift 
from spending to investing. We invest in the kingdom. We invest financially. And we build wealth in this world and in the next. Why? So that we can be generous. We need to, we need to shift our thinking from spending to investing. And lastly, we need to shift our thinking from getting to giving. Jesus had it right. He said it is more blessed to what? He had it right. He had it figured out. If you want a blessed life, if you want a full life, if you want a joy-filled life, you need to give. And you need to practice and cultivate a lifestyle of giving. Poke your neighbor and say he's telling the truth this morning. Howard Hendricks is a probably, a, a, a world, certainly world-class, but world-famous instructor and teacher and disciple-maker. He spent many, many decades at Dallas Theological Seminary. He's authored over many, many books, prolific author, touched over 13,000 students in his ministry as a faculty member, teacher, and equipper at Dallas Theological Seminary. And I've read a number of his books, Law of the Teacher, Law of the Learner, other books, and I remember reading an account where he was preaching as a guest speaker in a church. And he went up to the pulpit to speak, and he put his Bible and he put his notes down, and there in the pulpit was a big message. And that message was a question. And the question was this, what in the world are you trying to do to these people? And he writes in the book of how that message and that question almost completely derailed his entire sermon because he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't expecting it, he read it, and all he could think about was what in the world does that mean? He could hardly focus on his message. So as soon as he got done preaching and he got alone with the pastor, he said, why in the world is that message on your pulpit? And the pastor's answer made a, made a deep impression on me. And it really is the launching pad for what we want to talk about today in talking about uncluttering our church. The pastor said this. He said, it occurred to me after many years of pastoral ministry that if I stepped into the pulpit and I was unclear about what I was trying to accomplish, then chances were very high that every single one in my congregation would be unclear about what I'm trying to accomplish in my message. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? If you don't clearly define a target, as a hunter, you can go out into the woods and you can unload umpteen rounds. You can shoot till you're happy. But until you've defined the target... You don't know if you've accomplished anything, right? And so, really, the question we're going to unpack and answer this morning is what in the world are we trying to do to you people as leaders of North Point? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uncluttering your church. Now, we're going to talk about three simple areas, worship, connect, and serve. But let me begin by asking this question. And I want you to think about this. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot down your response. And the question is this, what is the purpose of the church? And by the church, I mean the church universal. We are a local expression of the universal body of Christ at North Point. So we're one of, I, I don't even know how many churches are on the planet, many. But what is the purpose of the church? And if I began to interview and ask for raised hands, we would get a number of different answers. And we would probably hear things like, well, the purpose of the church is preaching. The preaching of God's Word. Well, that's important. And that's, that's one of the 
the, the principles and purposes, but that's not the overarching purpose of the church. And, and somebody might well answer evangelism. Evangelism is one of the purpose. That's, that's important. We need to be evangelizing. We need to be sharing Christ. We need to be reaching the lost. Jesus died to save sinners. Absolutely true. And others might say, well, the purpose of the church is to serve the community and to give to the poor and to help and support those that are in need. And you know what? That's absolutely consistent with the teaching of Jesus. Others might say things like, well, uh, it's a hospital for the hurting or it's community service or other answers. What is the purpose of the church? I think that's an important question as we try to answer what, what in the world as leadership what are we trying to accomplish in this church? I think it's important that every one of us understand that so that how can two walk together unless they be agreed? We ought to know where we're going. So what is the answer to that question? Before I answer that, let me sort of reframe this into a, into a different context. And uh, Scott Merritt is here, and, and many of you know Scott. He has, he's had a, a business for many years. It's printing. And, you know, in any business, there's, there's uh, the, the input of resources and manpower and raw materials. And then there's a production of either a product or a service. And then that's what comes out. So there's, there's resources going in. There's a business or a factory. And then there's, there's a product coming out. That's fundamental, okay? So with merit, the product that's supposed to come out is printing. So if you talk to Scott and you said, Scott, how's the business going? He said, great. Well, you know what? I, we just ate uh, Krispy Kreme donuts for the first time two weeks ago, and we love Krispy Kreme donuts. They're the best donut on the planet. And we love them so much. Yeah, thank you for that amen. I would agree with that. They are fantastic. And he said, we love them so much, we are, that's what we're producing now in our business. We're producing Krispy Kreme donuts. You would say, Scott, wait a minute. You have a, a printing, a publishing company, but you're producing donuts. Something's, you know, something's contrary. Something's not adding up. There, there's a, there's a, a lack of alignment in your purpose and in your product. And it would be very evident. No, the purpose of Merit Publishing is to produce printed material. And the measure of whether Merit is successful and effective is based on the product that they're producing. Very simple. Very, very easy to understand that. Now let's come back to the church. What's the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church can be distilled down into one word from the lips of Jesus. And it would be the word what? What would you say? Exactly. Exactly. Disciple. That's what everybody said, right? Disciple. You're right. Why? Because Matthew 28, Jesus, just before he left, all authority has been given me, heaven and earth, you go, therefore, and do what? Make disciples. Right straight from the lips of Jesus. That's the mission. That's what church ultimately is all about. The church universal, and it ought to be the purpose of the church local. And so as we unpack, what, what does it mean to unclutter our church? We're going to look at, uh, let me put it this way, three greenhouses, three environments that will help every person Move toward a life fully devoted to Jesus Christ, a.k.a. be a disciple of Jesus. Three different environments. Three, call them greenhouses. Why? In a greenhouse, you create an environment for intensive, 
fruitful, lush growth. And that's what the leadership team in this church wants for every single person that is a part of this church. We want to see that kind of growth and development and maturity in your life. And there's specific environments that will help foster and create that. And so we're going to talk about those three environments. But first let me read a verse of Scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. We could go to many texts in Scripture. But let me just go here as a springboard for talking about worship, connect, and serve. The, the, the discipleship process that we've defined here at North Point. Okay? Here's what the Apostle Paul wrote, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. You're probably familiar with these verses. It says, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their job or their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and the knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature. Can you say that word? Mature. That is the goal. That is God's goal for you, to become mature as a Christ follower. What does mature look like? What does it mean? It tells us right here that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Let me translate that for you. You become mature when you become Christ-like. That is the ultimate goal for every Christ follower, to become Christ-like. We did a whole series on following. Why? Because that's what maturity is. That's what we're after. When we come to, before we come to Christ, we're lost. When we, when we come to Christ, we have an old, fallen nature. And when we get born again, we get a brand new nature. And that new nature is like God. It's like Christ. It's created in righteousness and true holiness, the Bible tells us. But we need to learn to put on Christ. We need to yield to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life who wants to produce the Christ life in us and through us. That's what church is all about. Thank you. I'm preaching it as best I know how. I am. I'm, as flawed as it is, I'm doing the best I can. Okay. All right, so that's what we're trying to accomplish. Helping all people move toward a life fully devoted to Jesus Christ. That happens best in three specific environments. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to tag team this morning. I've got a, a whole team that's going to help me. And the first one is Warren Colbank, our worship arts guy. Warren, come on up. Let's give him a warm welcome. Don't you appreciate Warren? And nobody really understands the worship aspect like Warren, but the first environment is right here. It's Sunday morning. It's the worship experience. And this is part, this is a greenhouse that God uses to win us and grow us. And, and uh, you've got personal experience in that, Warren. You've got a couple thoughts to share. And so lay it on us. Woo, that one's hot. Yes. Warren. Warren Colbank. Thank you, Warren. <clears throat> worship is about connecting with God. We come together corporately 
fantastic things happen corporately that can't happen individually. And Warren enumerated some of those. And I, my story is similar. I was grossly backslidden. Thank you, Warren. I was grossly backslidden, far from God, teenager, 16 years old, went to a church, worship experience, wept through the whole service. I don't remember anything that was said. I don't remember any song that was sung, but I remember God met me and He touched me in that service. And uh, I didn't go back because I was kind of freaked out, to be honest with you. And here I was, 16, you know, uh, leader on the football team, 16, cool, macho. You don't go to church and cry, okay? You don't do that. But I couldn't help myself because God was in the place. And one of the reasons, one of the reasons we come together corporately is because God meets us. Now, God meets you individually, but something happens corporately that can't happen individually, and we need that. We come together, we sing, we worship, we hear the Word of God taught in a relevant, a relevant impactful way, and we take what we hear on Sunday, and it translates into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's important. As we talk about these three greenhouses, these three environments, I want to make something very clear. We're going to talk about connecting in just a minute. I want to make something very clear. These are not three boxes that we check. Okay, well, let me see. You know, I'm, I'm a list guy. I want to make sure I'm doing everything right. So, okay, Sunday morning, bang, I got that one. Okay, connect. Connect in a smaller group, build some relationships. Okay, bang, got that one. All right, number three, serve. Boom, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an usher. Got it. All three, I'm all set. Okay, what's next? Worship, connect, and serve. Yeah, but what's next? Worship, connect, serve. These are three environments where growth and development take place. And they're much like my son's little seat that I partially dismantled because it has three legs. And he uses this to deer hunt, and he uses it very effectively, and it supports him because it has three legs. Worship, connect, serve. Now, I can put my... I can put all my weight on that and trust it completely. And it'll support me. Why? Because it has all three legs. But the moment you take one leg away, I've got a problem. I am no longer going to be sitting in a chair. I'm going to be on the floor. And so when we talk about these three environments, they're just that. They're three environments that we need in our lives continuously in order to stay balanced and in order to stay growing and healthy. And so these are environments... Not that are to be sequential in our life, but they're to be, uh, what's the word I want? I have a good word in my notes, but I forgot what it was. They're not to be, uh, they're, they're to be consistent and, and happening at the same time. When I grow, I grow physically, I grow emotionally, I grow mentally, I grow all three at the same time. I don't grow physically and then grow mentally. Ideally, I don't grow physically and then grow mentally. Some may accuse me of that. But I, I grow in all three areas at the same time. And the same is true of these three areas or these three greenhouses. They are congruent and consistent. And they're happening at the same time. So that first greenhouse is worship. A life fully devoted to Christ grows and develops and stays healthy in an atmosphere of corporate worship. Secondly, it happens in connectedness. It happens in relationship. And I'd like to invite Eric Williams to come on up because Eric has uh, a, a, an inspiring story. And I'll say this about Eric's story, and he's going to tell a little bit of that story, is that, is that his is, is pretty extreme. Uh, but there's some principles that have happened, Eric, in your life 
of, of the brokenness that you were at and, and how you came to Christ and how you grew in Christ and even now how you're continuing to grow in Christ that every single one of us need in our lives. So, Eric, tell us a little bit about your story. story. <clears throat> Eric Williams, everybody. You know, Eric, Eric shared a couple of things that really are, are key for all of us to take away uh, from his story, and that is, you know, Christ following is a team sport. It's, it's not a solo endeavor. And if you are going to grow, if you're going to mature, you need other people in your life. You need to be connected on a more personal level. You need that. He talked about Pastor Angelo, and he talked about people that led him to Christ and helped nurture and develop him. He talked about his support system now and how he is now helping others. That is a beautiful picture of discipleship, growth, and maturing, and then turning around and helping somebody else. Even if you've taken two or three steps, you've made some progress, you can help somebody take the first step. So all of us need that in our lives. All of us need this second greenhouse to be able to grow and to mature. And some of you are sitting here and you say, you know what, I love Jesus, but I just don't like people very much. <laughs> and, and I get that because people can be irritating and people can rub us the wrong way and people can just be frustrating. Let, let's face it. Life would be great if it didn't involve people. Sometimes that's the way it is. But we need each other. And part of God's wisdom and plan is that you've got a few, even though you don't know it, newsflash, you've got a few rough edges that need to be polished. And the way He's going to polish you is He's going to use people to do it. We need each other. And, as, uh, and I can say this, this, this streamlining of North Point, what in the world are we trying to do to you? We're trying to help you become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. We're trying to create three specific strategic environments where that can take place where you can grow and mature the first is is an extraordinary worship experience on sunday the second is small group and small group connectedness and eric mentioned cr celebrate recovery though that is a a, a group of groups that help one another and maybe that's, a, that's an opportunity for you. We have life groups currently that are functioning at North Point, and we're going to be expanding that and growing that in the next six months. We have serving groups, people that are serving in different areas of ministry, worship arts and children's and youth and care and so forth. And so there's, there's smaller communities and there's way to, ways to connect, and we're going to be highlighting a few service opportunities here in just a minute. But it's important that you connect with people on a, a smaller group level. And I can say this, at North Point, as I've spent time now, four or five months with the leadership team, they realize they've been actually pruning and aligning and preparing to be more strategic about these three environments. And they realize that even though they've placed an emphasis on small groups and connecting, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of strengthening that needs to happen. There's a lot of development in leadership that needs to take place so that we have healthy vibrant, small groups and connected uh, opportunities that are going to really work and be fruitful in our lives. And so we, uh, I'm going to talk more about this in the coming weeks, but we are targeting March and April as an opportunity to create some irresistible small group opportunities 
centered around food and fellowship. We're going to be talking a little bit more about it, but some of you aren't connected yet, and we want to give you an opportunity to do that. And so I'm going to be telling more about that. But I want you to know as a leadership team, this second greenhouse of, of connecting with one another and helping one another and growing together and being uh, nurtured and matured in Christ is in the crosshairs of this leadership team. It is a focus. It is a mission and it is a passion to the point where the, exec- the new executive pastor search team has as one of the vital priorities in the job description that the executive pastor that is hired will have a vision and a passion for discipleship and that it will happen in smaller group and connectedness, not just from the pulpit. So it is being woven into the fabric of who we are here at North Point. Three environments to help us achieve fully devoted follower of Christ, worship, secondly, connect, and the third one is serve. I'm going to invite Scott Merritt and uh, some of the Samaritan's Purse team that, uh, that went to the East Coast to come on up. And uh, this team went to Long Island. Let's give them a warm welcome, Scott Merritt and the Compassion team. And uh, Scott, you took a trip. It was fantastic. It was practical. Tell us a little bit about that. We've got some pictures and some neat stories. Thank you, Scott. Scott Merritt and the team. <laughs> let, me just, uh, let me just briefly say this and then we'll close. That there's, there's really a number of different serving opportunities uh, here at North Point. And one of them is what, what I just call being part of the family. You know, we have six kids and everybody has chores and everybody has responsibilities and they help do the dishes and they help do the laundry and fold the laundry and put it away and vacuum the carpet and shovel the snow. And that's what you do as a family. And, you know, there's opportunities to give back right here at North Point because many people have given and invested to you. You can turn around and give back in a form of whether it's worship arts or children's or youth or hospitality or care teams. There's opportunities. These are compassion teams and missions trips. We have a couple of trips coming up this summer. Ecuador and Poland are coming up. And there's opportunities periodically that we highlight that give you opportunities to serve in the community. It's great to give. It's wonderful the camaraderie that develops. But the bottom line is we are trying to create an environment where we become servants. We become like Jesus Christ. He came to serve. He didn't come to be served. And I love the concept of being third. Christ first, somebody else second, and me third. I can cultivate that every single day of my life. I don't have to go to foreign land in order to do that. I can do it every day. I can do it in my home toward my spouse and my children. I can do it every day at work to my coworkers. I can do it every day to my neighbors. I can do it every day to my brothers and sisters in Christ here at church. All right? So Warren and the worship team, come on up. We're going to wrap it up. Three specific greenhouses that you and I need in our lives to help us grow and mature and become more like Jesus. The first greenhouse is worship. The second is connect. And the third is serve. Let's pray. Father, thank you for a a great morning. Thank you for a, a great mission and purpose that we would be involved carrying out and fulfilling what Jesus directed us to do just before his ascension into heaven to make disciples. Father, help every one of us come into balance in these three arenas of our life. And by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, producing the Christ life in us, Lord, help us every day to look 
and to smell and to talk and to act more like Jesus Christ. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen.